Hello friends, welcome to Now with Fiona, the podcast where we explore rather direct questions about the LGBTQ community that many people are just too afraid to ask. Hello my lovely listener, it's me your Auntie Fiona. Today I'm extremely honoured to have a little chat with a woman who wows me. She's an actress, writer and director. She's smart, she's talented, she's gorgeous, she's Rain Valdez. Rain and I met in 2019 at the Sundance Film Festival, which seems like a decade ago now. She's won several GLAAD Awards, Film Festival Awards, including the 2021 Trailblazer Award from Outfest. And her unique writing and performance on the series Razor Tongue earned her a primetime Emmy nomination for Outstanding Actress in a short-form comedy or drama series. Rain has appeared in shows such as Lopez, Transparent, Sneaky Pete, and in CBS's all-access new show, Why Women Kill. And as if all of this wasn't enough, she's also the founder of Act Now, which is the first and only acting class in LA prioritising a safe space for LGBTQI actors and teachers beyond the binary. And finally, Rain is an out and proud Filipino transgender woman. Welcome, Rain. How are you doing? Hi. Oh my gosh. It does feel like a decade. I'm doing great. It's so great to finally reconnect with you. Thank you for having me. No, I'm extremely honored you said yes to come onto this podcast. Thank you so much. And so we're going to dive into the cheeky question, which is a chapter title in my book. So I'm going to take a deep breath before I say this one, because mm-hmm. it's just like, I don't know, I feel very uncomfortable asking the question, even, even though I wrote about it. But anyway, we're going to go for it. And then we're going to have an enriching conversation. So the question is, if a straight man wants to make love with a transgender woman, does it mean he's gay? Well, my quick answer is no. Good. I would agree with you. That's what I said. (laughs) (laughs) The reason I actually address this in the book is because I'm within the LGBTQ community. I'm cisgender, but I have many friends who are trans. And I often hear people getting confused between gender identity and sexual orientation. And so for me, it comes up a lot. Mm. People are surprised. They're like, what? If a cis man is dating a trans woman, they think he's gay. And that's ridiculous. Like got attraction, identity and behavior and break it down. But do you find that this comes up in your world as well? It doesn't actually. Part of it because as, as a trans woman, I don't really date within my community. Yeah. Just because it's never really happened. A lot of people within the trans community, I just consider my family and friends. And, you know, there are trans guys who I think have been attracted to me, but nothing went any further than that, just out of, mm. you know, circumstance, like, you know, the pandemic for being one. We have close ties to the gay and lesbian communities, but I think the misconception is that we're all kind of, you know, just dating each other and, being cotton heavy and all that. But when it comes to the community, we're kind of on our own separate island. And though we're kind of put into this LGBTQ umbrella. Yeah. In my experience, you know, gay people, gay men, I should say, they've just never been attracted to me. Mm. And so that's how I know that if you identify as a gay man, then I'm not necessarily within your your dating pool. And most guys who are attracted to me and will express their attraction to me, as well as the guys that I have dated, are straight. And I've met 
randomly outside of the LGBTQ community mm. through a, a different circle of friends or just, you know, out and about at a car wash or at a grocery store. Do you know what I mean? That's usually how. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I need to start going to more car washes. <laughs> I think you should. I think you should. Especially the ones where you like do your own vacuuming. Go to those because you find yourself like talking to the other people and <laughs> that's where like I go and people ask me my phone number just like as I'm vacuuming the interior of my car. <laughs> <laughs> These are men who have always been attracted to women, who've always dated women and find themselves attracted to me because I am a woman. Yes. And a gorgeous, stunning woman. Thank you. And just because my experience as woman is different from the cis experience that doesn't discount their attraction. Does that make sense? It doesn't yeah. take that away. The thing that can get away is the social structures and the cultural beliefs of what a man should be. And that's when things get complicated, if they even get complicated. But most men that I date are you're a woman to me. That's just how I see you. And I, and I am attracted to you. And you know, that's usually the end of the conversation, but there have been some instances where, because I'm also a public figure, yeah, they'll hear things from other people, you know, people who don't really understand his situation particularly, or understand what a trans woman is. So they'll make some sort of mm. uneducated comment like, well, are you gay or are you queer? And so that inevitably affects the man's ego and, and self-esteem. And, and that's where it gets a little complicated. Yeah. I want to put a pin in that conversation there with the type of guys that you would date, because something that you said earlier about trans women, I believe just trans women you were saying, or maybe trans community, like being separated from the gay and lesbian community. And as a bi woman, I feel that oftentimes the gay and lesbian community might not relate to my experience too. So I would love for you to expand upon that again, because a lot of people who are outside of the LGBTQ community often make this assumption that we're all just like one great big monolith and we all are a happy family and get along and, you know, we're all part of each other. But Actually, we're very, maybe use the word segregated in some ways or like layered and nuanced. So can you tell me your perspective as a trans woman, how that feels as it relates to gay, lesbian, and maybe even the bi community as well? Yeah, well, this is where I love this conversation because the trans experience isn't a monolithic experience. So one experience doesn't define all of our experiences as trans people in our community this is where I think an open mind is very important when it comes to the trans community, because I think that if you're going into the LGBTQ community as an openly gay man, you pretty much know that coming out as an openly gay man, you'll have other openly gay men letting you know if you know they're attracted to you or not. And so that's an experience in itself. Same thing with the lesbian community. If you're coming out and you're like, I'm a lesbian, you meet a bunch of other lesbians, and you kind of get to know yourself through them. And, and you kind of date other lesbians within that community, or become friends within that community. And there's this sort of cohort of support. And just like, well, this is it. 
this is how things are done in these communities. But as a trans woman, it's not easily, you know, sort of lined out like that. We can't just go into our communities and be like, oh, I'm an out trans woman who wants to date me, you know, because then (laughs) you have trans men who are attracted to to women, or you have trans men who are attracted to men. And then you have the gays who are attracted to gays, and then then the lesbians attracted to lesbians. And so, you know, I think the bisexual community is kind of where we find ourselves a little bit more in relation to because they also find themselves in predicaments when it comes to the community, because there's really not a lot of language or, or support or space to be out and open as a bisexual. Same thing as a trans woman. It's, you know, I come into an LGBTQ identifying space and I'm like, I'm a proud out heterosexual trans woman who wants to date me, but rarely are there any heterosexual men, well, heterosexual cis-identifying men, I should say, who would be attracted to me. It kind of lessens the pool for someone like me. There are, I would say, trans men who identify as heterosexual and would date me. So yes, there's definitely those men, which is awesome for me. But at the same time, it it's such a minuscule thing that for me, it has become a rarity to find. It is making my heart sing hearing you say this because, you know, I worked on trans military, you know, my feature doc for about eight years or so. And through that process, I really came to understand this like common ground that trans and bi people have because we're basically bucking the binary of society's definition of gender in some ways. And like, that's how, you know, we have this overlap where we can be in this gray area, or even though as a trans woman who is gender binary presenting through the experience, you go from the experience as the world seeing you as masculine and then the world seeing you as feminine and then coming to your identity. And then like as a bi person being attracted to different genders, I just felt like this common ground growing as I went through that experience of building family of trans people who are now, you know, family I choose, like, you know, Logan and Layla, for example, I think you know them. And also thinking about your dating pool, would you ever consider dating a cisgender bisexual man? Absolutely. Yeah. So that's like the point at which we can intersect in some ways, you know, Mm -hmm. that's the kind of cisgender guy who would potentially fall into your category, you know, given that you're a a straight woman, right? (laughs) Yeah. I may have dated a bisexual man, I think in the past, and it was great. And there's this level of freedom and a level of understanding, a level of, I don't know, it was was the most emotionally available relationship I've had just because we can talk about those things. We can talk about the sensitivity of it all. And he wasn't so hung up about the expectations of being a masculine presenting man just because he was attracted to so many different genders. Yeah. So in terms of labels, I always identified as straight up until I was about 27, not because I was smothering feelings, but it just hadn't come out to myself. And then something triggered and I fell in love with a woman and I was with her for two years. So I went from straight to flying out the closet as a lesbian, even though that label never felt right to me. I would often say like I'm more gay than lesbian, but it, it just, and it was like wishy-washy, but I just went from straight to gay. And then several years after that, like in my early 30s, I realized that I was still 
attracted to men and then began to understand more about the spectrum of gender and realized that gender is not a barrier to my dating pool. So then, you know, came flying out the closet again as bisexual. So it's changed over, over my lifetime. So how about for you, like your label today is straight and has it always been straight? Oh God, I wish it would change. I am like desperate for a change. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> I wish. You know, it's it's getting harder and harder, I think, to date as a heterosexual trans woman. Also because I think society and women have evolved to a point where we don't really need men. We're very, very independent. And so men haven't quite caught up to that. And so <laughs> it makes it harder to date if men aren't emotionally mature mm. in understanding, you know, a woman's independence and what that yeah. requires and what that needs are. But yeah, there are times when I'm just like, God, I, I wish I was bisexual or I wish, you know, <laughs> that some women or whatever just come out of nowhere and just like, I'm like super attracted to, but it, you know, it hasn't happened, but I'm open to the idea. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm putting myself out into the universe saying like, Hey, if there's any way to expand my sexuality, yeah. like I'm ready for that. But you know, like I'm kind of waiting for it to happen. <laughs> Stay open to it, Rain. I'll out my age now. Like I just turned 45 years old. Or 45 years young. And I am so tired of my shitty dating experiences and relationship experiences. Mm. I've decided that I need to deal with my own shit because clearly whatever's going on inside of me is manifesting this shit. So from my 45th birthday to my 46th birthday and giving myself a year, I'm dating myself. I love that. I bought myself a little love knot ring, so I'm wearing it. And I'm going to consciously date myself. And what I'm hoping is that I'm going to heal all of my wounded in a child shit for once and for all, maybe, or maybe at least a 90% so that I can start manifesting the right person and, and just like, know how do I want to date? How do I want to be treated? Because as a bi person, you know, gender's not a barrier. For me, age isn't a barrier. You know, nationality, skin color, like all of these things are just not barriers. So it leaves me like swimming and feeling like, oh, I could fall in love with that person or that person or that person and putting up with shit. So, so that's my method of like trying to heal this. What's your dating experience like? Where do you feel like you're at and what kind of person would you want to date? First of all, I think that's, that's really beautiful. I decided to finally take myself on vacation in September. So I'm basically like taking myself out yeah, out of the country for like a date myself kind of thing. So I think that that's beautiful. Good for you. So for me, what it started to look like is cutting out dating apps. Yep. I've cut it out earlier this year. And I kind of just told myself, if I'm meant to be in a relationship, or if I'm meant to date someone, I'll just meet them in person. Yeah. The beautiful thing about doing that is I've kind of had to put myself out there a little bit more and go out a little bit more and put myself in situations where that could happen. And this year I've met two people in person. Um, and I think it's good for you. I think it's great. And one of them doesn't even live in LA and we're just kind of really getting to know each other and we're kind of building a friendship. We're building a foundation. Yeah. And, you know, it's gone to a point where, he spends time in LA at least, you know, once a month or 
several weeks after a few months, he, he finds himself in LA because of his job. Yeah. And, you know, we prioritize each other. He, he, you know, lets me know ahead of time when he's going to be here and we kind of figure out our schedule and we make time for each other. And he, he's shown up to one of my best friends screening at Outfest. He's shown up at a friend's birthday party mm. because I was there and because I was inviting him. And, you know, when he had time, he shows up for me and vice versa. I'd like to think that I'm showing up for him too when it all works out. But we're, I wouldn't say we're traditionally dating. I think it's just sort of like this courtship that's begun from the, the point of view of just a friendship and getting to know each other. And, and it's really, it's, it's really nice mm. putting me in a position where I think that the universe is like, okay, we're going to show you exactly what you want and what you need, but we're not going to make him live in LA because we don't want you to fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So for me, it's like, thank you, universe. I will take that gift. I will not fuck this up, you know? Good. Because I, I think I have a tendency to, to rush into things in the past. Yeah. I think once someone starts to date me, I start to think about like, okay, so where is this going to go? Are we doing this? And are we doing that? I start to put language and labels on it and a future on top of it, which didn't serve me at all in the past. And so now I'm at a place where I'm just like trying to enjoy everyone's company in the moment that I get to have them and just let that be what it is. I just find it so much more enjoyable and, and it takes the pressure off. First dates used to terrify me, whether it's in person or met them online. The first dates was always like something that just never felt very comfortable because there's so many expectations. There's so many ideas. And it was really hard for me to let go of all of that and just enjoy because of as a trans woman, we're just told consistently by society and culture that we're not meant to be loved. So it, it took me a while to kind of break the habit of thinking the way society has led me to think and really start thinking for myself. Anyone listening, if they haven't already, they need to watch the documentary Disclosure mm -hmm. to see how trans people have been portrayed in media and how that has put that expectation you know, it hurts my heart to think that that's the narrative that trans women have been receiving, that you don't deserve to be loved because of course you do. It's a terrible fate to have to endure in this lifetime. And I wouldn't wish it on anyone, but unfortunately it's our, it's our blessing and it's also our curse in this yeah. lifetime. And I want to believe that it's changing at least for the, the younger generation, but with everything that's happening in the political landscape, I don't know how well, it's changing. It feels like it's starting to reverse on its own. But that's because we've become more vocal and we've become more visible. That's becoming more of a threat, I guess, to what culture and what society is is standardized to be. Regarding the anxiety that you would feel going on a first date, I mean, I feel anxiety going on a first date in general, but is your anxiety different because you are a trans woman? There's a, a level of anxiety that I would say, well, it should be abnormal for a trans woman mm. to go on a first date, especially around the discussion of disclosure. Like, do they know? Have you disclosed? Did they read your profile on the app? Did you tell them ahead of time? Did they forget? There's all of these to consider because 
You don't want to find yourself in a situation where it could turn on you, which has happened to trans women and still happens. And so, you know, there's, there's a level of threat that's just inherently there. So I definitely think that there's an anxiety level that is kind of abnormal, but, and, and it really shouldn't be, but because of, you know, how we live and where we are in, in today's society, that's just sort of, that's just sort of our norm. So we have to be extra precautious when it comes to dating. I have different friends that say different things. So I'm curious to know what your perspective is as to when you do disclose on a dating app. I always disclose right away. So if it's on a dating app, it's on my profile. I'll ask them if they've read it just to make sure. And then I'll also FaceTime them through the app just to see if there's any chemistry and if there's any attraction, because what's the point of meeting in person if there isn't any? Right. There's a lot of dating apps now that has that feature where you can FaceTime them. And also it kind of eliminates all the catfishing. So I try to incorporate that step before I even set foot in an in-person situation with anyone. So by the time I meet with them in person, I've already chatted with them on FaceTime. They already know the tea. And it kind of helps alleviate the anxiety and the stress. But there are some situations where you just don't have that opportunity. And that's when, if you meet somebody in person, yeah, kind of have to gauge the situation, like where you are, like, are you in a public place? Like at the car wash? <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. Like, like, is anybody else looking? Are you alone? So like, you know, so if you're at a car wash and there's hardly anybody there, <laughs> I probably wouldn't disclose, you know what I mean? No. That's that's not that's not happening. I'm never gonna look at a car wash again the same. <laughs> well, you've been missing out. I've gotta wait a whole year now as well. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, what's the best thing about being a trans woman? Oh wow, I haven't thought about this question in a really long time. I think the level of bond and sisterhood and connection that you have with another trans identifying person, regardless of where they are in the world, Yeah, which kind of blows my mind. You know, I've connected to trans women who live in Australia and the UK and just the connection and the bond just kind of is inherently there, like the support, like the, I got you sister. If I ever go to Europe or if I ever go to Australia, I will have a sense of family and support. And I don't know. Yeah. I don't know any other community that has got each other in that way because we understand the level of, well, just the level of struggles that is put upon us by, you know, by this world. And so it's a really beautiful connection. And to be able to talk about it, talk about our own unique experiences and have someone share theirs. And and then suddenly there's someone who sees you and has something in common with you. It's kind of a beautiful thing. It sounds incredible. It really does. Well, Rain, I like to end my podcast conversations on a lion heart story because everything I do and I'm about is about hope and positivity and love and light. And so I call lion hearts people who show kindness and courage. So do you have an example of the kindness and courage that you have seen coming from the LGBTQ plus community? Yeah, I think I've experienced the kind of courage and kindness firsthand just through the act now acting classes that I teach. 
a lot of people who join the class, whether they're jumping into acting for the very first time in their life, or they've had some acting experience, but joining a class that's predominantly centered around queer and trans folks is something they've never really experienced before. And so the level in which they transform into their potential and their future selves is kind of astounding to me that I I get to witness that because I've been teaching for about four years and I never thought that it would be this ongoing thing. I just thought that like, oh, I'll just do this for how long, however these people want me to teach them. But, you know, through word of mouth, people keep finding it and I get to meet so many queer, trans, non-binary actors all over the world because we started some Zoom classes during the pandemic. The courage and the bravery to kind of step up and give themselves permission and no longer hold themselves back and also kind of expand their viewpoint on what is possible as an artist. It's kind of a game changer, I think, when it comes to the arts, just like having our own space taught by one of our own and how uniquely seen we feel. I mean, even I do, even though I'm teaching it, like I get so much out of it. I've become such a better person because of it. And, you know, I've become kinder, I've become stronger and, you know, I've become more of a mother bear and it's kind of a a beautiful (laughs) transformation for me to kind of grow into as well. We often learn and grow so much by teaching, don't we? Yeah. It can be so symbiotic with students. Yeah. So any production that wants to expand their inclusivity and have more trans non-binary actors in film, can they find actors coming out of your classes or? Yeah, yeah. We we get some casting directors already reaching out to us. But the Instagram is LA. the website is my company called Rainbow Entertainment. The website is rainbowrated.com through ActNowLA on Instagram and rainbowrated.com. You know, you can find you can find the class and reach out. I hate that we've already come to the end because I we didn't even get to touch on the film that you wrote is going into production. Relive a tale of American Island cheerleader. Is that right? Yes, yes, we are getting into production hopefully soon. We're still in the midst of financing, but we have yeah. A good chunk of change that came in to at least get us a head start. So, yeah, we're very excited. We're in the middle of casting right now. Good. Well, congratulations. Thank you. To be able to like write, direct, and act, you're going to be starring in it, aren't you? Yes. That's incredible. Do you have out of those roles, mm-hmm. do you like them all equally or do you favor one? I love them all equally. To be honest, I've been writing for so long that I'm excited to act and direct. I'm very, very excited to just step into those roles. Very tickled when I saw the Deadline Hollywood announcing that you have Rosario Dawson as an EP. Yeah. She doesn't know it. She actually made a mention in my book, which is hilarious. Oh. Yeah. When I talk about my identity of realizing I was bi, I happen to be living in New York. And I'd only identified as lesbian for about, you know, seven or eight years, but I had this major crush on Cory Booker. So I say like the universe heard the word Dawson, but clearly got the wrong Dawson. Well, I don't know, maybe the right Dawson, but who knows? Oh, that's 
so funny. It's so funny. So then I would see oh articles when they were dating. It was like, you know, Booker and Dawson. I'll be like, yeah, that's me, Jonah Dawson. Oh, well. <laughs> that's so funny. Well, I, I think he might be available now. I think he might be, I know. But now I'm just yeah. too busy to date anyone and I'm dating myself for a year. So, well, know. that's right. You're dating yourself now. So Exactly. He, yeah. He'll have to wait until next year. Exactly. He will have to wait until next year. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, this has been such a delightful conversation, Rain. Thank you so, so much. Good luck with everything that you're doing. You're such a powerhouse and I just love to be able to see the magic that you're putting out in the world and all you're doing. It just makes my heart sing. So thank you so much. Thanks, Fiona. Thanks for having me. It's so good to reconnect with you. Okay. Lots of love. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Please go to nowwithfiona.com for more information, resources, and ways to help. Big shouts of gratitude to West One Music Group for our fantastic signature tune and to our amazing executive producer, Mindy Raymond. Be happy, remember to love always, and let your lion heart roar. This has been a production of Twin Flame Studios.